0: Welcome to the Marketing Intern Spotlight. A marketing intern is a listener who's spreading our message authentically. Hear their story, their passion, and their journey. Enjoy.
1: How do I say it?
2: It's a PsyD. P-S-Y. Psy. PsyD. It's a oh. doctor of psychology, not doctor of philosophy, if that makes sense. Oh. It doesn't matter.
0: So, so P-H-D, right? P-S-Y. P-H, philosophy, Psy
1: P S Y. So what's it? So I say P S Y.
2: So just say psy-D. Are we live? So I right don't right have now? it yet, so you don't even have to say it. No, I'm going
1: to say it, but I can't. I don't know how to say that. Psy-D. I'll correct you. It's psy-D. Psy-D. Psy. Psy.
2: Like S Like psy. S I G H. Psy-D sidey you boy Side D. Side
1: D. Side D. young hitters Side sidey today on the back pocket <laughs> podcast let's welcome alex corsell sidey yeah nice did i crush that yeah okay it. sweet
2: yo
0: that's dr alex corsell to you dude get your shit straight thank, thank you so much not
2: yet not yet close
0: no no, no. We're, we're gonna pretty much call you a doctor i've been marking <laughs> you as a doctor ever since you're like yeah i want to come on so is yeah. that cool like hundred percent okay i'll let
2: you call me doctor and you but nobody else. Okay. Nobody else. Yeah. Oh come
1: the, on! The back pocket community. If they come yes. up to you as, and they 100%. say, "Doctor Alex," they will allow that. I answer to it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, what do you want to be like when you are, you know, working
0: in in this field? Are you uh, Are you going to go by Doctor C, Doctor Corsell, Doctor Alex? We did some research. Doctor Alexandria. That would be exotic. Uh,
2: it's yeah. I I'm still thinking about it. I think Doctor C is kind of tight though.
0: Yeah. What mm-hmm. do you think? Oh, yeah, it's got a good flair yeah. to it for yep. sure.
2: It's kind of khaki, too. Like, just one letter. It is, they yeah. They wonder what the rest is. Well, and...
0: I mean, not a lot of people have time to, you know, go through every syllable of your name, which not is right. why, like, my name, it's it's unfortunate, but Declan, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, two <laughs> syllables. So, I that people land on Decky a lot. I is, call no. you Decky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It rolls so off Minnie. the
2: tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: 100%. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. But, hey, mm-hmm. we got to know you through Alter. Yes. Working out, grinding, sweating together. Talqueen. And then, oh
2: towel queen front desk dab queen queen. queen. so
0: many things about you that our marketing interns need to know about where do we even start
2: i wear a lot of hats you do i'm a towel queen i like to start there i'm a dog mom Mm. that's another one a good one too and then yeah most of my time i'm in grad school for psychology Get getting that sidey. Getting that
1: sidey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So we yep. were just talking about that. So a PhD, I never even knew this, but that's mm-hmm. a doctor of philosophy.
2: Yes. And so you can get like a PhD in a number of different things. Mm. And then they created a specific sort of doctorate for psychology. I don't even know how long ago. Um, but I remember learning about it and deciding what I wanted to do. And basically the difference is uh, PhD is more research kind of heavily. And then um, sidey is more like practical doing, going out in the field and getting more mm. practical experience and clinical experience. So. Okay.
1: I feel like I fit into more of the PsyD realm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You'd definitely be a PsyD guy. Yeah, I'm right there.
1: <laughs> I can also lead the towel re- revolution and I, oh, might, yeah. I might take over uh, your four to six to- maybe, towel spot. Maybe.
2: Shout out Vinny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Vinny, hear Give this? Hire me. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a
0: great towel guy. Oh, yeah.
2: I could teach you. I showed my roommates. Like, it's a really good fold. So there's oh. a special altar fold, and I now do it at home. And my roommates are like, dude, your towels look so good. And I'm like, it's the altar fold, and I don't know if I'm allowed to share or not. But <laughs> Well,
0: you're going to yeah. mm-hmm. be passing it down from generation to generation. Oh, so yeah. um, do you grow up here?
2: I grew up in Mankato, North Mankato. Oh. Shout out. Mm. Shout out, dude. Um, And then I came up here, went to the University of Minnesota for college. Okay. And then... Went uh, St. Thomas, Roll Toms Yo, yeah, Roll Toms You're at St. Thomas too? Oh yeah, all three of us All three of you Tommy's cool. for life Yeah, yeah. Nice. And like the whole little group that comes into Alter Are they all Tommies? Yes Yeah, they were Yeah, you guys I always know it's your buddies When they come in with the tights it's like the little tight squad. It is. That's this that's a Tommy's boys. That's
1: voice. our uh, our football look. We're we're football, 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 yeah. oh, football. Yeah, football, yeah. yeah. and football. you guys are
2: always in a group together and like kinda want to be a part of it, but mm-hmm. it's like a little intimidating. Yeah. Oh
1: come
0: on. What's intimidating about a guy named Austin Yoakum? You remember that guy with the long hair? Oh, the yeah. Not intimidating. He was at all, in right? yoga the other day. He was. Right? Yeah, we were yeah. all yeah. there. I know he, and then There's he a lot
2: of meat heads in yoga. <laughs> Yo, a lot
0: of, meathead <laughs> overload. There was a lot of meat and what was funny about it, dude, was Remember when the part where we were like, you can, you know, how the uh, yoga yogis are like, oh, optional, you know, stand on your head, mm. you know, whatever. And this girl named Virginia, you know, she got into her headstand for the mm. first round. And then Yoakam followed suit very shortly after. I thought Did you get about it. it. I, I was nervous <laughs> I
2: was going to fall, though. <laughs> I, <had a laughs> I always think about that the night before. I feel like I could have done it otherwise.
0: <laughs> I always think about that. I'm like, man, do I try it? Is this is this the time I try a headstand? We like, should. Is this it?
2: Let's go Sunday and try it then. Okay. I'll all try right. it next to you. Okay. Yeah.
0: Did,
1: did Austin go. get it? Did he get Oh, head- no, yeah. He Austin does, does this for
0: a living. Dude. Yeah, that's I mean, true. he runs that's a strength true. program. It's still crazy you t- though. You can't tell people to do headstands and not do one yourself. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So that's nuts. So you went to the U. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, on what what did you study there? Psychology there as I well. I did. Okay.
2: So my mom and dad were both psychologists. Okay. I know it's kind of scary. I, I I don't know how I grew up normal. They knew everything. Um
1: Do they have different parenting philosophies because of that? Like did you find yourself like once you started studying it, realizing, oh, my parents were oh, yeah. like handling my childhood much differently? Yeah. Okay. I
2: learned really quick in grad school, and I started to learn a lot more about psychology, like the shit my parents were doing growing up. You were a little like, experiment. Yeah, I kind of was. <laughs> what like, were I'm they really doing? Like, like, I don't know. I feel like, like, and I know this now. So this year we had to write qualifying exams, which is like the big, you have two huge papers, like 20 pages long, mm-hmm. and you have to write about your theoretical orientation. So that's like what modality you choose to do in the therapeutic setting. So every therapist is different in sort of how they view mental health, how they view like how problems like develop and how you should treat them. So I'm cognitive behavioral therapy and I I didn't really even know it and as I was going through the process of researching like okay, you know, how do I think mental health develops and whatever. I started really gravitating to that and then I asked my parents and I found out they they both were cognitive behavioral therapy and then I realized like growing up whenever I'd be upset about something so the whole premise is like your thoughts impact your feelings your feelings sort of impact how you act and then if you have to like kind of dive into one of those that's maladaptive to get to the problem and kind of change the cycle okay so, my parents, like, 100% were CBTing me my whole life. Like, oh, like, what are your thoughts about that? And, like, how does that make you feel, Alex? And I've watched them do it to my nephew, who's six. And I'm like, dude, that's what they did to me. And that's why I'm just that way. Mm-hmm. So, I Whoa. think it's kind of in my blood. Yeah, it's weird. It's super It weird. is.
0: It's in your mind. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is crazy. That's yeah.
1: awesome. And, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do you find yourself being a little bit more, like, aware of, like, your ability to think a little bit deeper because oh, yeah. your parents questioned you and you had to mm-hmm. actually respond. Oh cause yeah. Cause not many parents will actually challenge their kids that way and make, yeah. make them thoughtfully think through those type
2: of feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like in general now that I have my degree, I'm always thinking about like my thoughts and my, like how I can, I don't know, be more effective in society or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a little bit deeper I think than the average person just cause of my training. Sure. Um, but then even more so, like having parents that always did that. It's like sometimes I'm like, Oh, families like don't talk about that stuff. Like so, yeah. Mm. I definitely grew up around it and that's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. so tell me more about this cogni Wait, so what's your, your field? I missed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. How do you so say
2: cognitive that? behavioral therapy. Yeah. So okay. it's C B T. For short. Gotcha. And it's basically, there was like two different ones. There was a while back, there was a behavioral therapy and a cognitive therapy. And then they started to realize that there's like a huge overlap. So basically, like I always draw the diagram for people. It's like a circle of um, like your thoughts, your feelings, behaviors. So like if you think a thought, if you like start there. So like I'm not good enough or um, like I'm so bad at everything that I do or whatever it is. Like that's going to make you feel sad or upset or self-defeating or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel that way, you act on that. So like if you're feeling sad, you're going to isolate or you're going to do I don't know, you're going to avoid social settings because you feel like you're not going to do well in a social setting or whatever your thought is. And then by avoiding that or by isolating, that makes you think things about yourself again. So it's like this vicious cycle that just keeps going and going. Okay. And so the idea is with CBT, there are like Cognitive focused CBTers So they'll like dive into the thought And try to change that so it's like Cognitive distortions mm-hmm. do you, Did you guys do like intro to psych? Like,
0: uh, did you? That's I, like a big one I took okay. a sociology class Yeah. Once, and
2: time. then other people are like more emotion focused And so like based on the person so like men do a lot better With diving in On like the cognitive piece And women tend to do better on diving into the emotion piece just because of, like, how we, by nature, kind of operate or whatever. So, like, you'd start – like, if I were to do therapy, I'd start by, like, okay, your thought is this. Like, I'm never going to succeed in life, and I'm unliked by everybody or whatever. And then you work to try to, like, help the client figure out ways to challenge that. And then once Mm. you're challenging that or – so, like, oh, I actually am pretty likable. I have X amount of friends and – people tell me all the time then once you change the thought you start to feel better when you feel better you're more likely like go to parties or go spend time with people when you're doing that then your feel your thoughts about yourself are better so it's like going in there and changing to make the person kind of finding
0: like asking the right questions at the different stages right yeah thought feeling action Mm -hmm. so yeah. Do you right? Not I mean, feeling action. Thought, feeling action. Yeah,
2: and it's funny because I'm getting it. Do you guys? Do you remember? You know Maggie Daggett, who works Maggie with me Daggett. on Thursday mornings. Yeah. So, I like went through this with her, and she called it thought feeling action. I say thought feeling behavior, but oh, TFA. Sorry. She made TFA a thing, and she like brought it to her roommates. She has like twelve girl roommates, and Holy they all twelve. Yeah. 12? yeah. And they oh. all like use it now. Like, they'll be like, they'll get in a fight, and Maggie will be like, TFA. So it's like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. No, I love I'm, that. Like, it's mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah.
0: So, you've worked with like a tonic, like in college. a cool setting, college setting? Oh. Most likely? Yeah. Or...
2: So, I started. So, in my uh, doctoral training, you like, I got my master's first.
0: Can you speak a little closer to the mic? Oh, yeah. Is this better? Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> in it, dude. Yeah.
2: Okay, cool. <laughs> um, are we sure? It's not too loud. No, you're good. You're good. good to- yeah, I'll turn down your headphones. Okay. Um, so I started in um I did my master's and I did that right after undergrad just because I knew I wanted to go. You kinda have to go to grad school if you want to practice psychology. Um, the bachelor's degree doesn't like give you a lot. It makes you like effective in your job, but there's not a lot you can do like clinically speaking. Mm. So I got my master's right away and you have to do one um like, clinical experience there, and I worked at Gustavus Adolphus College Counseling Center, which is cool, because I'm from Mankato, so I would, like, it was three days a week. It's, like, 25 hours a week, and I would drive down, do therapy, like, eight clients a day, and then stay at my parents' house and, like, just spend time with them, which is cool. Sick. Um, Yeah, it was cool, and I didn't, I mean, there was a lot, you saw a lot there. Like, I didn't think, I kind of thought it was going to just be like relationship issues, like we broke up and this is what we're going to talk about, which would be a good like step in for me. Like I was super scared of what I was going to face just because I learned about a lot of different kind of mental health stuff. Um, But I got to see everything. So it was a really good experience. And then in my PsyD program, we have two different practicum experiences and then internship. So internship is where I'm moving to Denver. But... The first one is a therapy one, and then the second one is an assessment one, which is probably, like, a lot. (laughs) But therapy therapy versus assessment, okay. Yep, so the therapy one that's, like, actually one-on-one working with a client, and I did that at a, like, community mental health private practice kind of place out in Lakeville. And then um, I'm currently doing my assessment one. I have my last day on Wednesday, and I'm at the VA Medical Center doing neuropsychological assessment. So I'm working with veterans who are like in the geriatric age who um, are having like issues with learning and memory or they're noticing things that might kind of indicate or they might think they have like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or anything like that. So yeah, and then next year or August, I'll be doing for it, internship. <laughs> for,
0: dude, she's becoming an intern. Yes, I'm becoming not. an intern. I'm yeah.
2: becoming an intern. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, August first, then I'll I'll be doing what I actually really want to do. So a lot of what I've been doing is like rotations, just to see what I like. And I've learned that I really really like working with adolescents. Um, and I'll be at a community mental health and private practice like. Hybrid in nice. Colorado, dude. Which will be cool. That's an awesome focus awesome. To, yeah. s- to,
1: d- to deal with adolescence, and s- especially with right now and yeah. everyone feeling kind of lost. Oh and to, yeah, because they're just glued to screens and that, oh, that whole thing that we can dive into. Oh, it's scary. And I, I, I want to jump on that, but before that, uh, the Gustavus, your time at Gustavus, mm-hmm. since a lot of our um, listeners are college students or post grads, mm-hmm. if you could share um kind of like a experience or like a takeaway that you're like Mm -hmm. oh wow I didn't really know this kind of um overarching things were happening in college life
2: oh yeah oh my gosh so many things and it's funny you say that because a lot of clients would come in so at Gustavus it was um kind of like part of the tuition so they got 12 free sessions which is nice and for the first time for a lot of students it was their first time trying therapy out because you know, before the age of 18, your parents kind of have to bring you or have to sort of be on board and are part of like the therapeutic process because you're not 18. After 18, you get to just go and your parents can't know anything. And um, so a lot of students would come and I think big ones are like transitioning to college. Um, That's super hard for a lot of people. And I think especially with social media these days, it feels like, everyone's like you can kind of portray a life and Mm -hmm. um portray that you're fitting in really well and that it was super quick and easy for you to make friends and do stuff and that's like not really the reality um and I even like think back to when I was in college and I say this to like my clients and I remember like the third week I was there I just called my mom bawling and I was having fun but it's not the like way that I think a lot of people portray it on social media Not at um And so there's a lot of things for that, like joining clubs or joining sororities or whatever you want to do. Um, But just know that you're not like the only one that's struggling if you are struggling to transition. Um, Anxiety and depression. Um, Mostly anxiety, I think I saw a lot of just because you're like separating from your parents for the first time and you're learning how to sort of adult and you're sort of in the middle of like maybe perhaps still relying on your parents for some things, but trying to create your own identity and your own image. And I think that can be a really weird time because you'll, you learn that some of the things that you value, um, might differ from what you grew up valuing or what your family told you to value or whatever it is. Um, so I know that like the whole identity development thing is huge. Um, you get challenged
0: a ton. Yeah. Like it's so funny. Like you were saying, thinking back to your freshman year, like that, that first year was, I mean, even the first semester is mm-hmm. tough. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. Like even for myself coming out here and not really knowing a lot of people and even that just whole social situation you factor in, oh yeah, your classes are twice as hard as what they used to be. Oh, yeah. um, you may be doing a sport like football or you may be doing this and that. And then, oh yeah, it goes from like having to lie to your parents to go to a mm-hmm. party on Friday night to now there's a party almost every night if you wanted it you know like Mm -hmm. it you get challenged in so many different realms it's like overwhelming honestly
2: for sure it's crazy and it's interesting too so i just took a developmental psych class and they just created like there's eric erickson like has this theory of development and how each certain each certain stage of your life you're like trying to Becomes something like you're focused on something during that phase. So, like in adolescence, it's identity and you're trying to figure out your identity. And then in your like 20s to 40s or whatever, you're it's about intimacy and like finding a partner and whatever. And then as you age, it, there's all these different things. So, they just added a new one called emerging adulthood and everything's shifting a little bit. So, like, identity development is now extending. So, there's almost like this middle, like, range which you guys are in right now and i just ended Uh, i don't know if that tells all i am but um (laughs) i'm probably still in it actually because i'm figuring my ass a lot too um but it's basically like your identity you're still looking to figure out who you are because like college like helps but then you transition to a job and then you're like what am i in this role like who am i still And then it's pushing, like, the intimacy piece a little bit later. Like, people are getting married Mm -hmm. later and finding relationships and having families and stuff later. So that's, like, a huge thing for college counseling. I think a lot of college counseling centers are, like, super packed because it's the first time, I think, that a lot of kids are testing out therapy for the first time. And they're struggling with that sort of transition and how to do that in a a healthy way and – All those things you're just, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was one of my favorite practicums because I just, I was probably seeing eight people a day back to back to back. Um, And they they were so close in age with me. I just felt like I was, like, kind of friends with them and helping them. And that was super cool. And I think they appreciated having someone who was a little bit younger too (laughs) who could relate to some of that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. So the book she's talking about with transitioning – what is it, generations yeah, or, yeah. or stages of life? Yeah. That was the same book quote that my sister texted us that one I time. remember that. Oh, that's yeah. why I was and I texted to you? Showed you. Me that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the same
2: book. That's yeah. Eric Erickson. Yeah. Eric Erickson's my boy. I love Eric Erickson. That's what a his... name by the way. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like you couldn't in it it's spelled like E R. I. K. E. R. I. K. S. Perfect. I like, don't Could it yeah. have just been like Eric.
1: Yeah. Give him a C. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but he's cool. Yeah. No, that's not so, man.
0: Mm-hmm. I uh God, that's crazy. I just love... I mean, I love talking about this stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've been sending you freaking podcasts yeah. for hour, like days. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's
2: super cool with the whole developmental thing. So so that was my first practicum. And then I switched over to um, the community mental health place. And mm-hmm. there it's like everyone's coming in and you have to sort of request who you want to work with based on age or whatever, who your specialty is. So I didn't request anything. So I was like, most of my experiences with... Um, college students and whatever but just like send me who you whoever you have and I got like all adolescence and what was super interesting is that each developmental stage builds off of each other so like mm. if you're not developing a healthy identity then it's going to be a lot harder for you to be successful in like finding an intimate relationship so like oh. it kind of gets that like they all build off of each other so what was cool for me was I had just talked to a bunch of students that told me like this is what I struggled with in my adolescence And I was working with adolescents and it helped me be like, let me best prepare you for young adulthood, Mm. which is super cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why I really love working with adolescents is there's such a like cool shift. Like you can go one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And I, I told you, like I did a little bit of work in the juvenile detention center. I just did psych assessments. And that was super interesting because I would talk to kids who were like, I'm a bad kid. Like. I effed up and it was like low risk crime stuff. It was like first time offenders, whatever. And
0: spray paint in some uh, restrooms. Yeah.
2: And being able to like help them change that view of themselves because that's that identity piece. Like I'm not a bad kid. I just made a mistake and I needed coping skills. And I I wasn't raised in a family where I was taught how to sort of deal with my anger or my loneliness or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Like you can really set them on the right path, which is why I love that age. Cause like they could sit there and continue to think they're bad. And then it's like that thing, I'm bad. So I, that makes me feel this way. So I'm going to act out. I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go like rob a bank or whatever. I mean, that wasn't one of the things, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I'm on, I'm on board
0: with that. I think it's crazy. Like there's, it's such a malleable generation Mm -hmm. and they're so like extreme. And yeah. what's crazy now, too, and I see it in my sisters, is like, and I never even realized this, but like our generation, because um, you were born in what, like in the 90s, right? 91. 91, yeah. 96ers mm-hmm. over here. Oh gosh, um, I'm old. No, not at So that. young. So young. <laughs> so I'm a young. 90s kid still. Yeah, we're all 90s <laughs> kids here, but we all grew up, I mean, for the most part without the iPhone. And yeah. like my first smartphone, iPhone was junior senior year of high school Mm -hmm. and it's crazy to think that there are people now that are getting iphones i know at like 12 years old
2: i know and like the selfies and all the stuff that comes with it or social media so young now Mm -hmm. like i nannied a girl and a boy started when they were like eight and ten shout out to katie and chris um and, like, watched them go through that. And they they very much, like, had social media and cell phones, like, from a really young age. And it was just so interesting to see, like, even some of the stuff that I notice is, like, to have a phone and to be able to be, like, typing stuff to people as opposed to verbally saying it to someone is crazy because you never learn how to actually communicate. Mm-hmm. So that's something mm-hmm. that I think a lot of, like, college students have a d- tough time with is having – you know confrontation or communicating with people um and so i think that that whole like social media phase and at that age where you're it's like identity development it's all surrounded by what is everybody else doing and you almost build this like i don't know i see because i think i missed the the age where you do like the little poses of i don't even know how to like pose on instagram honestly because like
0: we just learned Okay, we had an Instagram model. We
2: should probably. I should watch that one because my friends and I talk about it. Like, if I was in college right now, I would be so bad on social media because I like don't know how to do. So I could dab. (gasps) (laughs) I'm still dabbing my pictures. Like, if you look at my Instagram, I'm dabbing all the time. No secrets there. I won't let it die. Uh, Never, never. But it's crazy that like that's a part of fitting in Mm -hmm. and being cool. At that age, at such a young age, like I went with my nanny girl, um, like we spent the summer a lot last year together. She's 16. And we went to this like, I don't even know where it was. It was some park, some national park with a waterfall. And she was like, I really want to go there because all the like Instagram models are going there and they're posing. And I was like, "Okay, fun. Like, I'll take your pictures. You know, I'll be the photographer. Yep. I was like all about it like you're doing great sweetie and (laughs) I was like but this is so different like I would have a never wanted to go to a national park when I was 16 but b like if I was gonna go it was definitely not for the photos there's just like such a different generation for sure and so it's helpful like for her she was super helpful for me to work with adolescents cuz I'm like you're giving me so much information about like what your age is like and sort of how I can work with people at that age yeah. with some of those things but
1: um, did you have Dr. Carol Brees at St. Thomas at all or did you I don't you, think she, so she, she might have just left to go to her husband became uh, upper administration at St. Norberts and okay. left. but I had her my junior year and the class was interpersonal communications yeah. and the book we read one book the entire semester and just dove into it and it was I can't remember the title which is terrible you should but find it though i so for sure want to read yeah, it just it's describe based, it and it, have it, Jack Burke look it up exactly it's based on empathy Oh, yeah. And the law lo- and the loss of empathy mm-hmm. in this uh, generation behind us mm-hmm. because of the, our parents, um, how they or their parents are um, interacting with technology. Mm-hmm. So from the very youngest age, when they are in their infancy, they are holding their kids. This is the theory. They're, they're holding their kids and looking at their phones yeah. while like they're trying to get the, the child to sleep. Yep. And the kid is looking up. At the their uh, parent and not making eye contact, mm-hmm. so they ha- the the child is losing out on the ability to like gain the basic foundation level of eye contact and feeling emotions through just yep. um, looking attachment at, attachment yeah. exactly so because yeah. parents are looking at their phones, mm-hmm. and then when they're actually out moving, they're taking pictures oh yeah of their kids and they're not actually interacting and engaging mm-hmm. so th- there's no um, case studies on on it yet to actually prove what it's going to be like but she the whole thing was like the fear of what it could be because the 30 year old 40 year olds that are having kids aren't um sharing empathy with them Mm. at the ages between zero and even six yeah
2: and that's like the most crucial time Mm -hmm. to form attachment and that is like i love all of that (laughs) um it's so funny because attachment is like the precursor for everything so if you don't have a secure attachment with your primary caregiver, you're set up for a lot of difficulty throughout your development. That That's not to say that you can't develop that later on, but it's like very crucial at early stages because acting out, behaviorally, like all of that stuff comes from not having a secure attachment. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. And then to like piggyback off that, then when they're old enough to be like crawling and doing whatever, then now parents are just throwing them on iPads to pass the time. So like I often say to people like when I was growing up, my dad's side had like a huge family and I hated going to family functions because I was always like forced to hang out with like my weird cousin. Sorry. (laughs) I shouldn't be saying that. Um, I have have
1: 23 cousins as well. So I have very similar. I have
2: a lot of really cool cousins, but there was some that I was like, gosh, like I just like would rather be not here. Like this is for my dad, whatever. And so I had to like fight through that pain and like Mm. still communicate that taught me something so now as an adult I'm good at communicating with people who are difficult to communicate like I had to learn that skill now kids go to these functions like my nephew is one of them I see him he's six years old and he will cry if he doesn't have his iPad like we'll go to a concert and he is on his iPad so it's like now I my fear which I don't know if this is this isn't like empirical data or anything but I am afraid that there's going to be like issues with communication with those kids and social skills and like more social anxiety and just uh feeling inadequate in being able to be social with people Mm. i think that's going to be a challenge because at such an early age we're like allowing people to use like ipads as a crutch and then they're not forced to have those kind of
0: conversations yeah and you're touching on something that uh Jonathan Haidt talks a lot about which is the people aren't being hardened or challenged enough Mm -hmm. anymore and it's not because we're just softer as a generation it's a lot of it has to do with technological improvements Mm -hmm. so the more just as technology advances and you can we just pinpointed the smartphone and how that grew to an iPad and how Mm -hmm. that's just so accessible you can buy that for 200 bucks and not blink an eye Mm -hmm. right but there are multiple examples of easier routes for kids and different people to uh, avoid and not mm-hmm. have to be challenged. Mm-hmm. So the kid that has to go, like, to his cousin's house and hang out with his dweeby cousins, yes, there you go. not the chance. Dude. No. I mean, it, it doesn't happen. We all have those situations. <coughs> mm-hmm. So what would you do with your kid right
2: oh, now? Oh, yeah. Oof. Well, I, Harvey... The inner Minnesotan <laughs>
1: right there become oofed. I said it.
2: Oof. got <laughs> we'll that. Yeah. Harvey <laughs> doesn't have an iPad. Harvey... Going on record I do turn on um, (laughs) Monsters Inc Or um, What's the pet one There's like another Life of Pets of Pets I (laughs) love that movie Those are Harvey's two favorite movies And I put them on every day when I leave Ask my roommates They like make fun of me about it all the time Every day (laughs) I'm a cool mom Yeah Well I just like feel bad leaving him But anyways What I will do with my actual child um, I think I'll wait To give a cell phone And then I don't know. I think that I'm probably just going to encourage like the way I was raised, which might make them like nerdy and losers compared to everyone who has a phone. It's a good challenge for them. Yeah. Like I want them to go play sports outside in the backyard instead of like I'll definitely have like TV time. I won't be too strict or whatever, but there's even a new diagnosis coming in the next DSM for like oh yeah sorry okay the dsm is like the bible for mental health disorders so it's like oh if you get diagnosed with anxiety or depression or whatever personality disorder whatever it is it's in this book that has like the diagnosis the criteria it goes through like you have to meet certain criteria to like meet a diagnosis Mm. you have to have a diagnosis for your insurance to cover your therapy it's kind of confusing yeah but um Oh, there's going to be a new one. So they update it. So like with generations, new disorders are coming. Just like kind of what you were talking about with the fears of these things coming. Mm -hmm. There's a new one that's like something about gaming and how gaming's become like problematic and maladaptive for a lot of people. And there's going to be like criteria that you fit this to be in this like gaming disorder. I haven't done a lot of research on it. We talked about it a little Mm -hmm. bit in class. What does maladaptive mean? Maladaptive. So like um not helpful or conducive to living like a healthy and successful life. Gotcha. So um it'd be like for example if there was like a couple and the husband gamed 40 hours a week and was like not getting sleep because of it and so everything in the DSM or anything that's mental health so like we all have anxiety. This is like a good shout out for everybody in the world. We all have anxiety. Everybody in the world has anxiety. But we have different levels or degrees to which we know how to deal with the anxiety. So when it would warrant being an anxiety disorder would be when you don't have the coping skills to deal with it, resulting in like avoidance or um, panic attacks or whatever, right? Um, And so that would mean that your anxiety has become maladaptive for you. So you're not Mm. able to be successful in your day to day because it's like hindering your ability to just like go out throughout your day in a successful way does that make sense yes yeah
0: so with the coping and that can go along with a lot of different disorders like depression and Mm -hmm. obviously anxiety different ones so are there um coping mechanisms that you may not have but can learn to grow
2: that's therapy
0: that's therapy yeah okay
2: so i think like there's A whole stigma with therapy just in general you think you're going in and you are going in talking about your feelings and whatever but mostly it's like this is what I'm struggling with the therapist helps you figure out what that's about like why and then gives you like actual tangible things that you can do to help that problem so that it doesn't continue to be problematic in your life Mm -hmm. so it's basically like going to like a coach or a strength trainer or whatever like I want to be stronger at this or better at this and These are the tools to do it. So based on whatever you come in with, I would have specific tools for that.
0: What do you think of the new kind of wave of like a life coach where they are, you know, acting as that therapist, but Mm -hmm. definitely, I don't know if you're modernizing and you're just Mm -hmm. making it more comfortable. What do you think about those?
2: It's, I don't know. There's like pros and cons because I think if someone wants to go to a life coach, like they're going to someone to talk about sort of. How can I be more effective in my day to day? Um,
0: In a sense, but there's also, I mean, there's also different tiers of life coaching, right? Because there's life coaches for CEOs and how to run and lead a company. So those
2: are super interesting. We actually learned about that, and I was like, that'd be something I'd actually like to do um, to help people be more successful in like the business world or whatever. I'd have Mm -hmm. to learn a little bit more about business, but um, it's hard. Like the life coach thing, it's really tough because it's such an unknown. To me, it feels so unknown of, like, what's the training of this person or, like, what have they studied and what are they doing? I don't really know a ton about. Yeah. Well, I just found out about it through
0: my mom Mm because, like, my mom's obviously, you know, raising – she's raised five kids now at this point and shows – every single person has just been Mm -hmm. different. And one of the things that, like, has been – she's been super, you know, stoked about are, like, she finds, like, life coaches Mm -hmm. to hang out with my sisters because, like, sometimes they're they're not there and like instead of like hiring a nanny or something Mm -hmm. like she we have like a couple life coaches that they'll go rock climbing with and like cool ass stuff and yep that's a time for you know not just my sisters but different people to just kind of let loose and not feel like you're right there with your parents when you're at therapy or I don't even know what the situation is, but it's just a different attack. I guess
2: it's interesting you say that because I kind of felt like that's what I was for my nanny girl. Like I, I wasn't doing therapy, but I was like helping her be more effective in her life when she would open up to me about things. So I love that. So that's exactly what I like about it is that a, like in order to go to a therapist and have insurance covered, it's expensive, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but insurance covers a lot of it oftentimes. But you need to be open to the idea of, like, a diagnosis. Like, right yeah. now, that's how it works. Um, So if someone just wants some advice and some guidance that isn't necessarily, right. like, I think a, a life coach is great. And I felt like I kind of was that for Katie, my mm-hmm. nanny girl. So awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think anybody, like, I think amazing things for anybody that's trying to better themselves and they're trying to get that support in any way whether that's going yeah. to a therapist or going to a life coach i think that's amazing and i think more people should do it yeah, <laughs> I'm,
1: that, yeah I'm going to see a life coach tomorrow for the first time yay yeah. that's so, awesome and be, i think that's part of the reason why i brought that up I've, yeah. uh, your mom has been talking about it for a while i didn't know that yeah okay uh, yeah, she sweet. well she just brought she's like have you heard of it Life coach? Yeah, she's like, doing a quick yeah. plug. You know, and I don't.
0: Yeah. I know like, It's like okay. Have I heard of a life coach? These are like the the people who automate their social media accounts and they follow me. And it's like life coach, business entrepreneur, and like all the cash oh, lines. That. Yeah. that was yeah. like that life was like premium, my okay. idea of-
2: dog mom life right yeah
0: and it just has all like the emoji yeah. yeah. and they have 10k but you're like i don't yeah. know if you have 10k <laughs> yeah. that was like what i was thinking of initially gotcha. but then like there's when a my stigma mom, around everything there's just there is though and that, i mean and that's just that's just reality at some point but it's more about like Having the conversations with these kinds of yeah. people because you can look at their Instagram all you want, and mm-hmm. you know that's one of the biggest issues is you get maybe five percent of someone's mm-hmm. life through yeah. looking at their pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And some people love it, some people mm-hmm. are like, "Damn, that! I wish that was me."
2: Well, I think there's like differences too. Then, so for me, if 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 you were coming to me tomorrow instead of a life coach, like mm-hmm. I like, th- I think there's different confidentiality things. I think there's different like boundary things, like i can't have a dual relationship with a client so i can't be friends like you couldn't come see me because we're friends or we have a relationship in another setting um and so i think there's different rules with that like it's Mm -hmm. i think it's a little more flex which is nice so if you're looking for something less like there's a lot of like rules and things with therapy then Mm -hmm. i think going to a life coach is great sure so that's the move that's the move it's Mm -hmm. the play
1: uh, kind of a different type of question here, yeah. a little bit more on a serious note. I'm really curious on medication and therapy and just kind of how that whole process goes sure. from a scientific perspective because I really have no idea.
2: Okay. So I am not allowed to prescribe medicine um, and I'm not against medicine. I think medicine's super helpful. So if we were to just talk about anxiety again, for example, um, sometimes people have such significant and debilitating anxiety that to teach coping skills in therapy I wouldn't be able to do it unless they were on a medication that would kind of I would say like here's the baseline their anxiety is up here like they need to be down at the baseline to learn mm. the skills that will be helpful if that makes sense okay um, I'm not allowed to prescribe there's like four states I think that allow psychologists to prescribe. So like a psychiatrist would prescribe meds. Okay. But we often will suggest like I'll send clients often to a psychiatrist and say I think they might need to start an anxiety medication for therapy to be effective. Okay. Um so yeah, so and I think it's the same thing with like a panic attack. So if someone's going to have a panic attack in the moment when they're like freaking out and it's really high, they're like emotions and it's like fight or flight. Like I'm just trying to survive. So they're not able at that time to learn anything. They have to be down to a baseline. So anxiety like often is kind of the route to go to make therapy a place where they can actually learn coping skills that they can apply to their life. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many different medications. So like it depends on the disorder. Like for schizophrenia, there'd be a whole different medication and, I don't know as much about that because I don't work with them, but okay, yeah, okay. But so. it's it's something that I think my opinion on it is that I think for people where it is so high, it's it's super helpful and important. And then I a lot of times will have people, especially in college counseling, I would have kids who'd be like, "I think I have ADHD. Like, can I like get prescribed Adderall?" Obviously, mm-hmm. and it's like that or like just the quick fix, like. I love when people are like, I want to start medication, but I also want to learn the coping skills. If people are coming in just for the medication, like my thought is that they want the quick fix and it's not going to be helpful because at some point you still need those coping skills. Like the medication will be helpful to like bring you to a baseline and then you still need to learn the skills and the tools that will help you be successful, if yep. that makes sense. Okay. yeah. Okay.
0: When you're finding, you know, when you're with patients or clients that are, have like anxiety that's through the roof or just some level where it's just through the roof Mm -hmm. is it when you really like look inward on why Mm -hmm. um what's like the breakdown like if you were to look spill it up into like i don't even want to do this but like biological like your social emotional like how what are the biggest contributors to those levels being so high
2: so it differs on the person obviously and mm-hmm. i would know better if i had seen the person for a long time usually i know what's like triggering how long I, is a long time by the way i don't know because it's different on the person so like yeah. some people open up quicker in therapy than others um so like the first session of therapy i would do a full diagnostic assessment of like all of those things social emotional education like Mm -hmm. every single I gather as much data as I can about the person and I like think a lot about how things connect to the presenting problem um and I sort of start to get like a narrative of who this person is in my mind then as you continue to talk with them so usually I'll do I'll start like weekly or Mm bi-weekly and then I would say like three sessions I usually pretty know pretty much know, um and that's like hour long Hour long. Yeah. 50 minute, 50 minute hours. And you're
0: having a, uh, just conversation.
2: Yeah. But so see, like some people, like I've literally had clients who are mandated who just sit there for an hour cause they don't, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to, but you oh. have to be there. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on the motivation of the client. There's like so many things that come into play. It's right. so, like for you, um, you're not going to therapy again, but like if you were going to a therapist the fact that you are choosing to go, to me, says that you're motivated to want to, like, work on something. Um, that would be a lot different than someone who now is being forced to go because their wife is making them go or their husband is making them go or their mom or dad is making them go, But mm-hmm. you get a lot with adolescence. Oh. So with adolescence, it's like the buy-in. Like, I know you don't want to be here. And I'm just – I don't know. A lot of therapy, it seems like it's so, like – strict and whatever and i play the like we're on the same level like i'm not above you we're on the same page like kind of shooting the shit a little bit like yeah let's just like get to know one another therapy can be scary so if you want, have any questions about me like i'm happy to answer like anything that would be like appropriate to answer mm-hmm. just building an actual relationship and then people tend to open up quicker okay so it just depends but it's a lot of rapport building at first to kind of get the buy-in yeah yeah oh man yeah
0: and I feel like that's like, I mean, even in being in that position, if someone tells you like, Hey man, you can to go to therapy. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know how, like, right? well, and there's such a scary. stigma still.
2: Like I think it's, yeah. people are more open to going now because I think there's even been a shift of just mental health. It's mental health month awareness, by the way. Woo-woo.
1: Perfect timing. Perfect Huge. timing. Couldn't you didn't even out. plan that. We, I know. Well, we I had did. to like
2: re-google it because I was like, I think it is. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I Googled it before I came here. Yeah. I told you. Um, but, yeah, I think that, like, there's there's becoming a, more of a shift to being open. And I saw that a lot with college students. And I think that's even just the trend is that college counseling centers were not as busy as they ever were until now. Like, it's hmm. happening. Kids are going a lot more openly. And kids who you wouldn't think would seek out therapeutic services are seeking out therapeutic services. So Whoa. it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I think that's, that's awesome is. to hear. I don't know. Part of me thinks social media in a weird way. Like, I think a lot of people are more open on social media about their struggles, like, which is great. Um, Celebrities opening up about their struggles, I think, is huge. Um, I think it's, like, mental health is something, and that's why I say the thing about anxiety is it's, like, with my clients, I'll be like, I have anxiety, too. And they'll be like, oh. And I'm not, like, diagnosed with anxiety, but, like, we all do. Everybody has anxiety. And when you make it normalized like that, it's kind of like, oh, like why did I think it was such a big deal that I was coming to a therapist? Yeah. Like it, it's not I make just it, me. I, and I make it less about a diagnosis and just more about like, I rarely bring up the diagnosis again after. I mean, I will sometimes, but if it's helpful for the person to have like a name for it, which oftentimes it, it is. Um, but a lot of times I'll just be like, okay, so like, let's kind of like keep working with just day to day what you're struggling with and not yeah. put a name to it.
0: No, yeah. I love that, dude. Yeah. The vulnerability, like the openness thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just having conversation like that's I just had that kind of realization. I was like, we're just talking with people right. for 50 minutes. And right. as much as we think this is like a learning experience and mm-hmm. an entertainment thing, it's very awesome for people to be able to come on a sh- like a podcast or just be able to like tell just get out get off their chest whatever they want mm-hmm. so you're yeah. on, you're pretty much trying mini podcasts
2: Uh kind of I know and I was telling him before I have to record some of my sessions like with client consent but for school we would have to do that so it kind of was, mm.
1: was yeah Wow so. well focusing back to your story Alex and mm. questions that we ask every single guest yes the first one is what's your average quality and this is something you do well at times and other times not so well mm-hmm. so Alex what is your average quality
2: Okay, so my average quality, I think, is bringing like cups out of my room. Like I'm kind of a cup hoarder, and I don't want (laughs) to use that. Like, no, don't point at (laughs) me. me. But I thought about it and like hit me today. I'm like, that is my average quality because when I get bugged about it by my roommates, which if you're watching roommates, like they, like I think all kind of (laughs) behind my back knew that I was hoarding, and they wouldn't call me out for it, but they'd like subtly bring it up, like. Okay, so, like, where are all the cups? Like, where have all the cups been? And I'm, like, sweating. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't go into my room. <laughs> I have, like, a ton on my TV stand and on my bookshelf and on my, <laughs> my nightstand. And then one day, I brought all of them down during the day. Like, it was a day that I wasn't at work and everyone else was. I'm, like, I'm safe to do it. Like, this is good. I put them in the, in the sink and there was, like, dishes going and then left for class. And when I came back, like, two days later, my roommate goes, Alex, we know that you're like the one with the cups. And we counted. And you had like thirty cups up there. Oh my 30? god. Thirty <laughs> <laughs> plates and forks. Like everything. I do everything. I eat, I drink, like everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my average quality. Mm, that's yeah, I, I that's love that response
1: this. because there are a lot of people like that. Yes. Including people in this house. That's not true. At all, we need dude. to bring awareness to the cupboard yes, thing because it's cups, uh spoons. Spoons. We have like three spoons yeah. in our drawer Same. Right yeah. We
2: have no spoons. We have fourteen. I don't 14. know where they go. Well, mm-hmm. They're probably in my room <laughs> or my car. I bring them in my car. No. Yeah, and then I like I have to do the walk of shame from my car <laughs> yep. to the kitchen.
0: with spot. just <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. just a lot of utensils. <laughs> <Straight up. laughs> I have one cup in my room, and that's it. There you go. It's my accountability cup. All it is is every morning and night, fill that thing up with water. Drink it. There you go. And if I don't have it, I won't do it. So I have one cup dedicated to me once a week. I like it.
1: I challenged him at the start of this year. I I walked up and was like, hey, Declan, new year, new you. Um, Let's pick up after yourself.
2: (laughs) Well, he didn't (laughs) clean his room today. What do you
1: mean? That room is
0: clean, dude.
2: (laughs) Your room looks really nice, by the way. There's like
0: two things on the ground. If my bed was made, it would look
2: a lot nicer. It would. It would. But who makes their bed? It's a waste of time.
1: (sighs) I make my bed. Actually,
2: my mom would tell me, like, wrong, so... Yeah, she tells me you should always w- make your bed because it's the one thing that you can accomplish for sure every morning, right away. Absolutely. Declan. That's why I do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Start making that bed, dude. Every Sunday, I
0: usually Make your do. bed. Every Sunday, I committed to uh, cleaning my room. Oh, that's good. Because oh, before it was not clean. Yeah. And now I-, I Well, I'm, wait, it wasn't yesterday's
2: <laughs> Sunday.
0: Yeah, Yeah. It, but
2: still, <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> so bad. It didn't last super long there. No, it's just I didn't it's make right. my bed this morning. Yeah.
0: That's all. So now I got to make my- Forever. Yeah, get back on that train. Mm. Look, I'm trying, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The spoon situation, though. I mean, I don't even know how to handle that one because no. <laughs> you, you you go in and you open the drawer and it's like, oh, two spoons, great. You know, go over to the sink. It's like, oh, no spoons there. And it's going to the
1: dishwasher. Dishwasher. Still no spoons. Still no spoons. Yeah. S-
0: where do the spoons go? Yeah,
1: we need uh, Sherlock Holmes here. Yeah. The <laughs> dogs. <laughs> the dogs eating them for we sure. The dog. And yeah. that's I. That's how I feel about mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Um. We've been talking a lot about anxiety, and I'm very excited to ask this next question mm-hmm. because every we ask this also to every single guest is when um, pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising, we have these little tools in our back pocket to overcome these type of situations or just to help ourselves handle the situations. Um, so, Alex, what's in your back pocket during these times?
2: Yeah, so this one I loved the most because I'm like, this is what I think I learned in going to grad school. Like, my anxiety just kind of went down because I... Kind of just had all the tools all of a sudden and I didn't know how to deal with it. I think that's no, a frack. Um, there's was really a flex. I didn't even realize it. Um, three things I thought about. You're a so <laughs> I think I first go to like gratitude because a lot of times when I'm anxious, it's usually me like kind of being down on myself about something or overthinking like I did something wrong again, blah, blah, blah whatever. And I think of like something I'm grateful for. Usually what I do, it's the thought-challenging thing. So when my anxiety is super high, I I do two things, I think. Is what I'm thinking about rational or irrational? If it's irrational, it doesn't matter because it's not realistic. And if it's rational, like, I should be worried about this. Then, like, what can I control in that? If it's something I can't control, throw it away. Again, like, what's out of your control is out of your control. That's where faith comes in. Um, And then... At that point, when it is like down to that, it's either like it's usually a negative thought and I try to challenge it and think of like one positive part that I can pull out of it. Um, so I'm usually trying to just flip from negative to positive in any way, whether mm-hmm. that's like through gratitude um, or if I just have to go through that process.
1: yeah that's that's awesome. yeah and I really do hope our listeners grab that because I mean you hear that all the time you can handle stress with gratitude. Mm-hmm but how like how do you do that really mm-hmm. Do you just be like thankful for it mm-hmm. but there yeah. is that little just slight process start with irrational rational mm-hmm. and if it's ir- if it's irrational gone rational mm-hmm. then you go into the controllables mm-hmm. and then from there if you can control it that's when it's now the balls in your court mm-hmm. and you can really break down those tough thoughts mm-hmm. yes sure. thank you dude, Alex yeah, I good work dude <laughs> I got you. that was phenomenal <laughs> I also
0: think like the self-awareness part is like Mm -hmm. so key because that's kind of the fuel source of like Mm -hmm. is this thought irrational or rational right like what people that are caught up in it I don't know if that's the first thing Mm -hmm. to think of you know
2: well and what's interesting too is as I've like done this I learn what my anxiety like tends to be about so like that's what's helpful about therapy too is like there's usually we call them core beliefs so like throughout your life you develop these core beliefs about yourself and then anxiety kind of trickles in from those things. And so when I am having that anxiety, if it's like a negative, if I'm like self-deprecating or or thinking negatively about myself, if it's in the past, it's also again like that already happened and like I have to just remind myself of my my positive qualities. So if I'm being Mm. negative on like an interaction or whatever, I'll think, you know, well, that interaction happened, but 99% of my other interactions with that person were great. And so what can I do to control or make the future sort of better or whatever? So relentlessly positive. I'm a positive Patty. (laughs) I try to be (laughs) episode title episode titled our
0: little positive (laughs) patty.
2: Oh gosh. Yep. I try to be, I really do. And I think that's like one of my biggest things every day when I wake up, because sometimes like when people wake up, they wake up with anxiety About the day, dread or whatever. Like if you're dreading something in the day, just do it right away because the more you dread it, the more you have time to be anxious about it. Another anxiety tip is to have an anxiety hour. So like if you start to think about things you're worrying throughout the day, say, okay, I'm going to jot down what I'm worrying about and I have from like 4.30 to 5.30 to like worry about that and actually have tangible things to do about those things I'm worrying about because throughout the day, if you just let them like fester, you're just not able to be like productive. productive yeah, and so jotting down what it is and then giving yourself like the time and the space to actually make a change about whatever you're an- anxious about is good mm. they that, have different like yes. names for that i call it the anxiety hour yes <laughs> that's sick Sweet. i do that uh, i have a little glass of wine with my anxiety <laughs> hour <laughs> that's sick dude.
0: i uh my anxiety hour is um, the reminders tab on my phone. Oh yeah. So when I'm my mind is racing instead of texting Andrew, I'll mm-hmm. just write it all on my reminders and go. put it like 4:30, 430, 4:35, yeah, <laughs> like perfect. just a list of things. So when I come home and I forgot about it, mm-hmm. it's like oh, there's mm-hmm. all my anxiety that mm-hmm. I need to take care of.
2: <laughs> but a lot of people when they get anxiety, they just like avoid, avoid, avoid. They shove, yeah. shove, shove. Oh. But like taking control over it, like the, yeah. the only control you can take over the anxiety is to like jot it down and mm. actually do something about it or take the time to challenge, challenge. or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: Dang, dude. That, is, yeah. that takes I real challenge. Yeah. Uh, I'm here all yes. week. <laughs> Dr. <Purzel>, Gris <laughs> hit me up. You want therapy? <laughs> yes. You're challenging our guests, and I love it. And we want to challenge ourselves now. Mm-hmm. So we challenge ourselves by trying to tap into you a little bit further. Yes. And this is by guest suggestions. Yes. So who do you
2: challenge for us to get on the show? I challenge... I talked to Declan about this today. I really think a good person that you guys should interview is Ryan Saunders. Do you know who Ryan Saunders is? No. He's my best friend's older brother. Okay. He just got named head coach of the Timberwolves today. Oh, Flip Saunders. Go Ryan. Son. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Okay. He's so cool. I hope he listens to this because I'm really pumping him up. Yeah, we'll um, send it to him. Really good dude. Very like resilient. Just has such a good outlook on life. And he is very successful and very humble. And I think he'd be awesome to get on the show. So I actually told his sister that today. I was FaceTiming her because she posted about it. I reposted. Um, Mm. But I was like, wait, I was talking to Declan. I'm going on a podcast today. And I was talking to him about how he should ask your brother like just today. And then they announced it. So I think it's like a sign. Yes. So get Ryan Ryan Saunders on the show. Okay. And if you need a little like nudge nudge, I can try to persuade him. But I think he'd be way, way more than open to coming on very cool
1: dude mm, that's awesome yeah. i love that challenge challenge accepted cool. challenge accepted yes. that yeah. one goes right to the top of the
0: list yeah <laughs> absolutely
2: Tight. god
0: will see him on in the summer if he's available <laughs> oh, he's not yeah. going on any crazy he's, vacations he's
2: got a baby coming oh oh yeah. but
1: shoot. you'll get him on
0: sometime yeah yeah Pretty how baby. like how uh how far out that's in? a good question
2: yeah oh, i, I mean, should know that But what, uh <laughs> yeah. what's the question on the way
0: what trimester what trimester?
2: I think third. She just had her baby shower, so usually that. Right. Means she answered that right away. Yeah, we asked I'm how that, far along was. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like a pro, but I think that usually when they're posting about baby showers, we're pretty close yeah. to popping.
0: Right? Oh. Yeah. What's what is that like when uh, all your friends get like married and have kids <laughs> and stuff and like.
2: And you're I, not doing that?
0: Well, I'm not saying that as a shot at you. I'm just like, I'm... I'm just...
2: I'm I like, know. Like, I'm literally... My anxiety, I'm like, challenge, yeah. challenge, challenge.
0: No, horrible way ask the question. I'm just wondering, I could like, totally see where he was going with it. I was just like, oh... Yeah. Oh, man, you could play that one a little better, dude.
1: Keep going. Yeah, what's your question, dude? What's
2: your question, Douglas? Ugh. <that one? sighs>
0: Um. What's that? I wanted. I wanted a
2: fur. (laughs) That's why I got a fur baby. Okay. A
0: fur baby.
2: (laughs) Furby. The dog.
0: Not a Furby. My mind's no. That's
2: where you think, and that's another thing for all the listeners. That's where everyone thinks we should be at a certain place, right? Yeah. In where we're at, like I'm. 27 i probably should be married and have a couple kids no, right now you Hell no no dude. should be here it's on the, the back shoulds. pocket it's mm. the shoulds right that's like one of those anxiety like cognitive distortion things is like i should be this i should be that yep so challenging those like realistically for me when i challenge that it's like oh like you went to grad school challenge like you're you're just a little bit delayed or whatever you have to do but exactly there's mm. things that happen i think for everybody along the development of like i should be here i'm not there and what Hmm. Mm. But yeah uh, Right now it's just Harvey And he kind of wants a brother So, No <laughs> you're gonna
0: okay.
1: double dog we'll see. Yeah. I heard
2: Denver doesn't even accept pit bulls So Doubt it He's not a pit bull though
1: Get like a corgi or it, some it. shit I mean I know <laughs> Denver just allowed <laughs> psilocybin I'm, I think that'll allow That's pit bulls That's why I'm like
2: what the heck yeah. Like you're gonna not let my dog be there But your people are like doing shrooms
0: Yeah as a psychologist Are you excited about that? I am Okay yeah.
1: Oh, sh-
2: the shrooms? Yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not excited about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got we got you clickbaited.
2: <laughs> Can't
1: wait to clickbait. Psychologist that. uh, that's
2: the caption. Psychologist talks she's pro shrooms. Yeah. She's
0: so excited. <laughs> Still silen.
2: When the anxiety's high, shrooms.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No. Well no, no they actually X9. use I mean they what were you excited about though? What were you actually oh, excited about? Oh, I'm
2: just excited psychology speaking to like go to Denver and have oh. a different experience of the different population okay. and a different setting with yes. different like I think even we learn a lot geographically like there's different diagnoses and presenting concerns like geographically speaking so like, here we see a lot of like the seasonal depression whatever because we have those fluctuating winters and summers and 98 percent of Minnesotans are vitamin D deficient just letting you know wow so everyone should take vitamin D every day even in the summer
0: what's in what foods have vitamin D
2: you said you weren't gonna ask me. anything I didn't know the answer? to I don't know. I actually don't know that Jack one. Jack will be on I'm it. Like, Producer Jack. Jack thank Jack. you, Jack.
1: Vitamin right. D. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Is there is there a brand you support? Uh,
2: oh,
1: oh. Of like a little hundred milligrams my, of your vitamin. D? No, it's yeah.
2: vitamin D. I think it's like one thousand U or like three thousand U or something. Like Come on, that. Doc. It's the have... white or it's sorry. It's it's like a. It's a white bottle. Yellow. It's a yellow, yellow. bottle. Okay.
0: Clear. Salmon. Sorry, I don't eat that. foods that have di- vitamin D.
1: Salmon. What Grouper. Grouper. Cantuna. Can, tuna. So just a, a of bunch of fish. Oysters. Oh, I love uh, oysters. Let's go to Stella's tonight. Get <laughs> Stella's oysters. get that
2: vitamin ducky. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah dude. Mushrooms. 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 Which kind <laughs> though? Yeah. Which kind? A healthy yeah, kind? Fortified foods.
0: <laughs> Fortified foods. Are those ones that have like dungeons surrounding them, or what's going on with that? Fortified, oh, you're like fortified. It's got I'm a like, moat. It's yeah, orange it's got juice. a moat around. A dragon orange juice is vitamin
2: Sunny D.
1: Sunny it's a great D. Great call. That D. Way one. to go. And it's got vitamin C. All right, two so, for one. Wait, why is
0: that though? Why are Minnesotans okay? There's so this no isn't. It. Let me just tell you.
2: I got to reframe that. So I, when I was at Gustavus, we worked with a psychiatrist who did like this study on his own, and he did a vitamin D test because you can like test your levels on a hundred of his Minnesota patients in the winter. And 98 of them, of the 100, were deficient. So he just generalized that. That's not really like 98% of all people. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like a stat, but like it goes to show that 98 out of 100 Minnesotans that he saw were vitamin D deficient. And a lot of that is like, like even part of what I'm pumped about for Colorado is that it's always sunny. 300 days of sunshine. Yeah. And it gets like gloomy AF here. And I even feel it. I'm like, I need to pop my vitamin D pills, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Dude, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have a fun ass time in Colorado. Yeah,
2: Got to learn how to ski, but do you not know
0: oh, it's close?
1: You're close. I'm oh. close. You're moving out there. That's the step in the right direction. That's all that you gotta do. You gotta buy.
0: You gotta make sure you buy your, buy your epic pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah,
2: those are so expensive. Yeah, it, it'll if pay for itself. It'll
0: pay for itself. if You want to go five times, not even four times. Pays, pays it for that. itself after that.
2: All right, so mm-hmm. dude.
1: All right, man. Vitamin Get, D, that's what I'm Vitamin D. Getting to our final two questions. Yes. Absolutely. The first question puts the ball on your court. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions for
2: us? Oh, my gosh. I didn't... I wasn't prepared for this one. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Um. Actually, I don't. I don't know we do. <laughs>
0: Dude, you were just about to ask a well, question. I was going
2: to ask you something about like mental health, of course. Yeah, please.
0: Yeah, um, ask away.
2: What do you think... What stigma exists in both of your minds about going to a therapist? like why would you not go to a therapist? What fears mm.
1: Mm. I think one that stood out to me the most was being a guy in their early twenties mm-hmm. um you should be able to like just f- keep moving forward and
2: figure it out type my, yeah, that's my dissertation mm-hmm. masculinity that's my that's for another day, but we'll go there, yeah. That's like super common for men too. That's a that's a male cognitive distortion actually. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Fit fitting right in. Men
2: though. need help too. Yes. Yeah? yeah, absolutely. I love it, but mm-hmm. that's like super real. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's very real and you know, it's it's put on you in, in the weirdest ways too. Like you can't really like put your finger on it like, "Oh, this is why I feel that way." Mm-hmm. It's basically just you grew up in in a in a world that's yes. like that's been the norm and like you're should, just supposed to fill. It. Talk about putting in a box. That that mindset is the box. Yeah, yeah. It's just that's what right? you've it's ever like known. Filtered. Yeah.
2: You should watch, um, the mask you live in. The mask. You yes, live in. it's okay. all about masculinity. Like my dissertation is all on masculinity. I, I'm mm. like super into it because men are the least likely to seek therapeutic services, and men are actually like four out of five times more likely to like complete suicide than. Than women,
0: Whoa.
1: and
2: and so there's like this need, and we don't know why. And I think the big reason is because therapy and talking about your emotions is something that men are socialized from, like the gender norms that you guys develop in society, not to do. Mm-hmm. Like, be tough. Don't talk about your feelings. Like those Vol- things. Just yeah. deal with it on your own. Be a man. So that whole the documentary is like all about that. It's super cool. That's Whoa. awesome. I'm mm-hmm.
1: gonna 100 watch you that.
2: Should. You said It used to be on Netflix. It's not anymore.
1: Okay. Oh. And you know, like the the amount of like thoughts I have in my head that I'm be like if I can just get those out and mm-hmm. formulate that with another person that's really not involved with my day to day yes um and I just realize how much better I can be and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying like I don't love myself right now mm-hmm. I'm like I just like oh my God if I can like actually capitalize on this right now For sure I the sky's the limit and mm-hmm. that's why I'm like starting to take these steps I love it yeah I'm proud of you <laughs> It's good Thanks. that's sick I think mm-hmm.
0: going off kind of what you were saying is like not being able to admit that there's something wrong Mm -hmm. where it's like for me it would be or and it is more like oh that's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. I think everything's not a big deal yeah I live my life at a five out of ten at all times no matter what and so if something were to happen or good or bad Mm -hmm. you know like it's hard for me to overreact and then compensate or take action right away for sure so I don't know if that's Falls within your bill there. I think.
2: Well, I think that's a big part of it. Like I, I thought even. So we had to go to therapy for school, or it was suggested because to go to therapy helps you be a better therapist. Yeah. So when I went, I'm like, mom and dad we're both psychologists. I don't have any problems. I'm golden, right? (laughs) Or like whatever I struggle with, after sort of hearing what people do struggle with, like I've now minimized what I struggle with because I hear so much more difficult, painful stories. Mm. But, but I think like the big part of that is that we all have like our own like degree of pain. And so like trauma or like pain or whatever for me might be a completely like, I might feel the same way about it and it might seem like it's not as big of a deal as what I've heard, but I'm struggling in the same way as that person is, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's that. It's like minimizing or comparing and thinking that your problems, like you should be able to deal with or they're not that bad. Yeah. But it so, still is, hard, you know, like difficult on a day-to-day to like kind of deal with them, right? Well, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I mean, you're talking to kind of more like the, like you got to, you got to instill more perspective. Mm-hmm. And man, that's, I mean, I feel like that's got to be, it's It depends because you got you to gotta look for that perspective if you mm-hmm. want to give yourself that where yep. I feel like if some people s- are feeling a certain way, they isolate themselves like you said mm-hmm. and then they're, rarely are they wanting to look out around the world to see if anybody else is feeling mm-hmm. that, that same and way. And
2: most people are. That's why I love group therapy because yeah. it's like we're all struggling with this exact same thing. Didn't realize other people struggled with it the way that I do but we all do mm-hmm. which is super cool. Yeah. Dude, I should have
0: asked this a long time ago, but where did you find the freaking passion to just be who you are with everything you're doing With right psychology? Now? Yeah. It's so I cool. I
2: tell everybody I don't think that I should even be able to get paid for this. I don't right now, by the way. I'm broke AF. But when I start getting paid for it, it like doesn't feel like it should be something because I like, seriously feel so passionate about helping people. That's just like was in my blood growing up. I think I always wanted to help people and- I think going to school has given me now the knowledge to be able to help people better. Mm -hmm. So it just sort of feels like my duty kind of, and I enjoy it so much because there's fulfillment in knowing that you've helped someone feel better about themselves or be more effective in their lives. It's just like the coolest feeling in the world. So it's tough, but like there are days where I like leave work crying because it's hard to hear some of the things that I hear that people go through. Um,
0: Right. I mean, like trying to hear that every single day. Yeah. But you get used to it and like you
2: get tougher about it. Like I think when I was probably earlier in my development, I had that. And nowadays, like I, I think if I hear something brand new, but I nowadays I kind of am just like, well, that is what it is. That's life. And the world can be kind of a sad and gross place or whatever. But what can I control? And it's like helping that person deal with the cards that they've been dealt and help them be more successful in their lives and i've actually had multiple people like reach out to me or like reach out to my supervisors at the place um that i w- was working at and say like alex was so helpful and that like it means the world to me because i know that i made a difference and that's kind of what i want to do mm. in the world so
1: reciprocal altruism at its finest yes that's, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Dude, <laughs> that was money connect the dots money that was, yeah. Yeah, sick <laughs> mm-hmm. we had our uh uh, uh guest on was it three four weeks ago yeah
0: caleb van diemen season three episode 12
1: oh wow andrew's boss mm-hmm. oh speaks of reciprocal altruism quite awesome, awesome. Yep. yeah we, we learned about you. it a couple of weeks ago and that's oh. what i learned that day but today you just learn
2: a lot you learn a lot here
1: we try to it's that. hard to retain everything but we, we <laughs> try to absorb it as much as we can right it's i mean
0: i a lot of what i learn nowadays is through having conversations with people mm-hmm. and you would not believe the amount of I mean shit that gets put in my brain at the same time like yeah this is my favorite thing to do every single day Mm -hmm. I just love it it's so much
1: fun we get anyways yeah we get to learn a lot and we like to hear what you you learned today so Alex what did you learn today
2: oh my gosh (laughs) I learned (laughs) what did I I learn I did you taught me something um that whole thing in the book you were talking about that oh, like yeah. blew em- my mind empathy
1: and mm-hmm. I want that
2: book. Okay, um,
1: I'll figure out the name
2: because I I really am super interested in attachment. That's like huge. I didn't know that that it was. I knew that there was changes in attachment, but I didn't know it had anything to do with like the technology. So that you taught me that. Sweet, and I'm getting my side e. Yes, was <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> cool. Yeah,
0: dude,
1: good work. You talked the Doc something. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I'm mean, I'm the early rumblings. I'm gonna be. Potentially taking your filling your your job at Alter and, yes. and I, I might, hope so. Yeah, and it might be teaching you some things. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, I love it. Holy Sweet shit! So, how long are you in Colorado for,
0: real quick? One year. One year. Do you want to do you want to come back or are you thinking you're just I too really much really want to come back?
2: I actually I shook on it with my roommate, she took a picture, so I'm not allowed to not come back. Hmm.
0: Don't restrict yourself.
2: Yeah, but I am. I'm open to. I have my life, grad school especially taught me this. Like I. And that's why I applied out of state like I'm just kind of going day by day not looking ahead and not looking behind I'm just like what's next and I it usually falls into place So I trust that it will next year too and I trust that I'll be at a place where I know confidently what the right decision is
0: Well, I can't wait to talk to you again whenever when that... I'm
2: actually doctor course I'll be back for commencement in May
0: Oh well, See you still are doctor to us and... and I
2: will dab on stage yes and if oh you don't believe me I'll, I'll need I'll, that photo I'll, oh yeah you're gonna get a picture it nice, didn't happen yeah yes. you're
0: gonna boo me of that 100% what do you think <laughs> 100%, 100% absolutely. oh man yeah. well whenever we get you on the next time which I'm so looking forward to this was an amazing podcast so I'm so glad I got thank to come thank
2: you thank you <laughs>
1: Close in my heart, right where I meant to from the start. It's so much warmer than the secrets you've been holding in. And don't you look at me sideways with those eyes. Always acting like you ain't got the time. I can't imagine trying to carry what you hold inside. But ooh, you got a reason to sing. And Find me this sunny and woo you should go back to the start Cause you can't hold on
2: to